everybody, and welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, presented to you by Prize Picks. I'm your girl, Lauren Carpenter. You can find me on social media at Stepmom Lauren, and we are looking at waivers and streamers for week 13. Very hard to believe that we are already in week 13 of the season, but alas, here we are. We also have injuries that we need to go over, boo, hiss, as well as a recap on the leaderboard for our 7-11 challenge. That's right. Now, just to remind everybody, the 7-11 challenge update I'm going to give you today is actually from last week. We have so many participants that it takes a long time to update the newest leaderboard every single week. So I'm just, we're like a week ahead and the 7-Eleven challenge is like a week behind. But either way, we do have more movement on our leaderboard challenge. But before leaderboard challenge, the 7-Eleven challenge. More movement on the leaderboard for the 7-Eleven challenge is what I actually mean. But before we hop into that, get get involved. Come hang out. Come come join the fun on prizepicks.com. Use the promo code MMN and you get your deposit of up to $100 matched. That's right. It's like free money and it is so easy to play. And there's not just sports like the NFL. There are tons of other things that you can do. You can get involved. Get involved in the 7-Eleven Challenge 5 over under picks from the Thursday and Sunday slate of games, not the Monday because I'm here talking to you about it. So no Monday game, but Sunday and Thursday, five over under picks, and you just change your bet amount to $7.11. That's it. That's how easy it is, and that is how Prize Picks will track it. Again, prizepicks.com. There's also a link in the description of this video. It'll take you right there. Use the promo code MMN to get your deposit of up to $100 matched. Again, it's a ton of fun. I really enjoy playing prizepicks.com. Um, I'm not doing very well on the leaderboard, but alas, that's okay, because this challenge is not about me, my friends. This challenge is for you. We have prizes for first, second, and third place. It is pretty awesome. Last week, we had the venerable Alan W. get ousted by Joseph W., who was holding his first place position by himself. Now, we have an update. That's right. Alan W. has taken back the lead. He is back solidly in first place. If I'm speaking to you, Alan, you are back in first place with 43, correct? Again, this is up through, um, not last week. So up through week 11, not through week 12. I will come to you with the week 12 updates next week. So we still have this past weekend's slate of games that we have to add on here. But for the time being, Alan W., you are back in first place, my friend, with 43 correct by yourself and in second place Joseph W this is where you are with Nicholas R you are both tied at 40 and then we have a few people here at 39 correct we have Jason K Jude D and Marcus F you all are tied at third remember we have prizes for first second third we have prizes for dead in the middle we have prizes for dead last Speaking of dead last, we have Ty S, you are at zero. So is Nicholas T, Dale P, John B, Jasmine C, Francis K, Alexa D, and Will H. Hi, welcome to the party. You all are at zero. So come in and join the fun. It's very easy to play. Again, it's five over-unders from the Thursday and the Sunday slate of games. Five over-under picks, change your bet amount to $7.11. That is how they track it. If you don't change that bet amount, you won't be in on the competition. It's not too late, like I said, because um, prizes all across the board. 
Come join in on the fun. Super easy. Use the promo code MMN to get your deposit of up to $100 matched. Now we've got to get into the not fun part because we had some significant injury news from this weekend and uh, this breaks my heart. But Christian McCaffrey, he is on IR and his season is over. That's right. Running back for the Carolina Panthers, the quote-unquote cheat code of fantasy football is breaking everyone's hearts. He rolled his ankle. Um, he's done. He's done for the season. So if you hung on to Chuba Hubbard, like myself and other people have told you to do if you are the Christian McCaffrey manager, or even if you're not, congratulations. Uh, you now have a stud, possibly a league winner for this week and on. And then Dalvin Cook running back for the Minnesota Vikings. Not nearly as bad, but he did suffer a dislocated shoulder and that tore his labrum. Now, this isn't season ending, but he is expected to miss at least two weeks. So if you have Alexander Madison, now is the time to plug him in. Debo Samuel. This is one because he is my MVP so far for a very significant league that I am in. Debo Samuel has a groin injury. He was getting MRA, M, excuse me, MRI test done today, and we'll figure out kind of what's going on with him. He has avoided, hopefully, serious injury, but he is likely to miss time. Something to monitor as we move into Week 13. And then Darren Waller from Thursday. He avoided a major knee injury, but he did sprain his IT band and uh, no clear timeline on him yet not really sure what's going on but again keep your eyes on him I will bring up Foster Moreau the uh, backup tight end if you will or the tight end two for the Raiders a little bit later in this episode and then we have Aaron Rodgers he is still dealing with that toe injury that he very proudly displayed on national television during a press conference, but that is neither here nor there. But um, Aaron Rodgers has decided not to undergo toe surgery, which is one of the reasons I bring him up here in this episode when we're talking about injuries. So he was going to think about it, then he was like, sure, maybe, and now he's not. Okay, they're going into their bye, so let's hope that this uh, extra week of rest will do him good for anyone who is dealing with Packers players that rely on Aaron Rodgers. And speaking of Packers players, Randall Cobb, he left the game early after breaking the hearts of all the Devontae Adams owners. Uh, he suffered a groin injury, so that is something to keep your eye on. Again, the Packers are going into a bye this week, so extra rest should do them good, but it's something to keep your eyes on. And Miles Sanders, perennially injured, he injured his ankle in their loss against the Giants. He also did just did not play well either. So, you know, there's that. Very depressing, especially for everyone who always always so excited about Miles Sanders and he never really pulls through for you, but He's injured, again, so keep your eyes on him. I will also bring up Boston Scott in a little bit when we talk about our running back waiver options. But last but not least, DeAndre Swift. He suffered a shoulder injury on Thanksgiving. He is considered day-to-day. So that is something to keep your eyes on with his health and his status moving forward. Either way, uh, Jamal Williams should be a solid play for you here in Week 13. Now, Let's hop into these waiver wire targets because last week was awful. It was god-awful. It was so bad I struggled to get through the episode without wanting to cry and in fact when I went back and re-watched the episode my face was just a look of utter disdain through the entire thing. So I'm very sorry about that. I'm usually a very happy person but the waiver wire was terrible. This week we have some options like I mentioned Jamal Williams for the Lions. He's shockingly only about 40% rostered 
That's crazy to me. But he did step up in a big way once DeAndre Swift went down. He had 15 rush attempts for 65 yards. He also had five targets, which is very important because DeAndre Swift is very involved in the passing game. So with DeAndre Swift gone, he was able to get five receptions on those five targets for 18 yards. They will face Minnesota, Denver, and then Arizona. It's awful. The The schedule is not good, but again, desperate times, desperate measures. A few of these I will be saying that for because that's just kind of where we are here in the season. But Jamal Williams for the Lions stepping up in place of DeAndre Swift, who is considered day-to-day 42% rostered. And I mentioned his name already, but we have Boston Scott. He is 18% rostered. He is one of the plethora of running backs on the Eagles, which I never like to trust, but it looks like Boston Scott is kind of stepping up into that a necessary role. Let's call him Mr. Gadget in that role because he has been playing well. He had 15 rush attempts for 64 yards, including a touchdown. He also had three receptions. I'm sorry, two receptions on three targets for only eight yards. But he did. He's he's explosive and he can get some things done there. I I was thinking that Kenny Gainwell was going to be ousting Boston Scott, but no, no, he's not. Um, it's like they bring in Kenny Gainwell at the very end of the game in the last half of the fourth quarter, and they're like, "Let's see what you can do, kid." But they're just relying here on Boston Scott, especially with Jordan Howard out with his knee injury, I believe. And their schedule is very, very juicy for running backs. This is for the Eagles I'm talking about. They're facing the Jets. They do have a bye right after that, so something to be aware of. And then they face Washington. So it's a very favorable schedule for running backs. He is only 18% rostered. Then we have Dontrell Hilliard. This amazes me. 27% rostered. He is a preseason and special teams guy. But no more. He is actually legit. Is he the real deal behind Deonta Foreman? Now, Adrian Peterson was released. That was before last week's game. So Deonta Foreman is the guy that the Titans want to lean on. But Hilliard, he made waves. He had 12 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. 42 return yards. That was last week. Now, the week before that, he had 7 carries for 35 yards. He also had 10 targets, 8 receptions, 47 yards and 65 return yards that was in week 11. So I think he might be the real deal. I really love those players that can be a splash in the passing game as well as in the return game because we kind of tend to overlook that right in fantasy football. We just kind of look at rushes and carries and receptions, but yards are yards. So if you're in a league, hopefully, that does include return yards for your wide receivers or your running backs, Dontrell Hilliard, he's still only 27% rostered. Now, He has a bye, so just like understand that going into it. Bye week here, and uh, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Francisco is what the Titans are looking at here, so I, I definitely like that. And then one that I feel is kind of a stretch that I don't really love, it's Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman for the Jets. I don't want this to be a thing. I don't, but he's only 21% rostered. But he did see a bulk of the carries with rookie Michael Carter sidelined. He had 16 carries for 67 yards. And it was three, you know, targets, two receptions, three yards. Blah. We don't really care about that because that's where Ty Johnson should be stepping up, which is tough with the Jets. And it's not like they're in the lead all the time where they're going to be relying on the run game. And yet here we are talking about Tevin Coleman. It's insane. But especially if you're in deeper leagues. Tevin Coleman may be an option for you, and if even if you're not, he's a starting running back. Kind of hard to find on the waiver wire. 
They play Philadelphia, New Orleans, and then Miami. So the schedule isn't awesome, but again, he's an RB1-ish. You know, he's technically the RB1, and he has a warm body, you know, that carries the football. So, you know, I guess there's other options like, I don't know, not rostering anybody who's in the starting position there. But, oh, Tevin Coleman. Oof, I can't believe we're, we're mentioning all these names like Deonta Foreman, Adrian Peterson, and Tevin Coleman. It sounds so crazy to me. But here we are. This is this is what's going on in 2021. And I also do want to mention that if Alexander Madison is available by some stretch of the imagination, swoop him up because, as I mentioned earlier, Dalvin Cook is going to miss at least two weeks. So Alexander Madison is going to be a must-start for the next two weeks Swoop him up off the waiver wire if he is somehow still available. Now let's jump into our wide receivers. Now there are three here that stand out the most to me, but there are a lot of options. Not all these options are great, and I will explain to you why when we get there. But the three that are standing out to me the most is Kendrick Bourne from the Patriots. He has really emerged as a go-to, not just a, um, I'm using the word gadget here a lot, but not just as like a home run, hold your breath, jump in the deep end kind of player. He is only 20% rostered on the Patriots, and Mac Jones, he's trusted him. He's trusted him. He's looked at him. He had six targets, five receptions for 61 yards, but he had two touchdowns out of that. Now, that does seem a little touchdown dependent to me, but Mac Jones is looking for him to make big plays, and he's looking for him to make big plays in the red zone and in the end zone, which is what we like to see in fantasy football. Now, their schedule is tough, but Mac Jones is playing very well, and it's you can't underrate or anything. Just don't, don't, don't ever underestimate Bill Belichick because he knows how to get it done, and Mac Jones has done very well flourishing in this offense. They are playing Buffalo, Indianapolis, and then Buffalo again. So it's going to be tough, but I trust this. I mm, Trust is a harsh word. I like it. I think it's a splash play, a 20% roster, so pretty widely available, especially if you need a wide receiver. Like, uh, I don't know, if Debo Samuel's out for the next foreseeable future, you're going to need someone to pick up. Another option that's more of a field stretch here, and this is on the Colts side, T.Y. Hilton. He somehow is still healthy. This is awesome news because he can be somewhat finicky when it comes to staying on the field. He is only 25% rostered. And if the Colts just really insist on blowing leads every single game and then have to scramble until the very last second of every single matchup, might as well put someone like T.Y. Hilton in your lineup who stretches the field. He had five targets, four receptions, 28 yards, and a touchdown. Um, but that's low yardage for him. It's normally higher. Um, he has a deep average depth of tar- uh, deep average target, I should say, yard per target. Um, it, it's just uh, one of those weird things with the Colts that it's not a, it's not a guarantee ever uh, when it comes to someone like T.Y. Hilton. But again, he's done very well the last few weeks. Only 25% roster there facing Houston, which is very favorable for them. New England and then Arizona. A little bit two more tough uh, matchups for T.Y. Hilton, but still an option. He is available. And then finally, speaking of field stretching, this is like the definition of field stretching. Also, widely available. Deshaun Jackson for the Raiders. This might be a little caliente, as I like to say, but he is only eh, 5-ish percent rostered. I've seen him like less than 1% rostered in some leagues. He has assumed the deep 
threat, Henry Ruggs' role. He saw a um, the highest amount of targets he's had as a Raider, which, you know, makes sense because I think he's only been active for one week. But um, second highest targets, actually, I believe, on the season with four. Three receptions, 102 yards. That is nothing to sneeze at, and that man is still fast. I don't care how old he is, and I don't care how many teams he's played for. He is fast. He also logged a touchdown, but what's very interesting is that his average yard per target is 25 and a half. So if you want to talk about big play, you only need one or two catches out of this guy to make your fantasy day. It's pretty amazing. And again, that means he's going to be boom or bust, but I like the schedule for them because they're playing Washington, but then they're playing Kansas City. This is an opportunity here. That's a very big rivalry between those two teams so I have a feeling that may come down to the wire and that means that Derek Carr is going to need to rely on someone like Deshaun Jackson now again that's against Kansas City this week coming up in week 13 they will face Washington and then they face Cleveland these are all exploitable opportunities for the wide receivers especially someone like Deshaun Jackson who is only five percent rostered I'm going to run through some other wide receivers who could be available, and here's why I don't love it. I'm going to go through this quickly so I don't waste all of your time here. Devontae Parker for the Dolphins, no timetable to return. Will Fuller for the Dolphins, no timetable to return. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, an option, but a very crowded offense, and he's one big play, dropped ball away from Aaron Rodgers, hating him again. Sterling Shepard, quad injury, no definite timetable to return. LaVisca Chenault, crappy offense, and Urban Meyer sucks and also hates him. Russell Gay, Office runs through Cordero Patterson. So if you want to get lucky and rely on a touchdown, Russell Gage is an option. Traycon Smith for the Saints. Taysom Hill is going to be taking over as the starter. I don't hate this ad. I just have no idea what the offense is going to look like without Alvin Kamara, without Mark Ingram, when they're going to come back. Still questions on questions on questions. So those are tough. They are available. That's why I don't absolutely love them, but there are options that you could add, except the Miami Dolphins stay away from them in my opinion. Now, let's hop into our last segment before we talk about quarterbacks and defenses, and those are our tight end positions. Not much here, guys. Not much, guys and gals. Excuse me. Foster Moreau, like I mentioned, he's going to be the tight end one now with Darren Waller if he misses time. He's only about 1% rostered. Um, It's a contingency plan. You know, don't bank on him having huge games like Darren Waller can do. It's just not humanly possible. They're facing Washington, Kansas City, and Cleveland, like I mentioned earlier. Um, Opportunity. Like I said, there's opportunity there. Just like I love Deshaun Jackson in the wide receiver position, Foster Moreau has the opportunity here against those defenses. Another one that I've been liking quite a bit and I'm liking it more and more is Cole Komet of the Bears. This one's a little riskier because we're not exactly sure what's going on with the quarterback position between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. Either way, he did see a season-high 11 targets with Andy Dalton under center and he has also seen a significant amount of targets even with Justin Fields. So he had eight targets for, I'm sorry, eight receptions for 65 yards on those 11 targets. Schedule isn't great though. They're going to play Arizona, Green Bay, and the Minnesota Vikings. All right, and then last but not least, another kind of throwback tight end, if you will, I guess. I suppose it's been in the league for a while. Jack Doyle, the Colts. Um, I brought up T.Y. Hilton, how he has opportunity. Same thing kind of goes here for Jack Doyle. He's only 1% rostered. Now, the big body tight end in that offense is Mo Ali Cox, but Jack Doyle can get it done. He's a veteran in that offense. He also saw a season high in targets as well as receptions and yards, and he scored his third touchdown of the season against the Buccaneers. 
And Wentz has made a habit now of looking at him, especially in the end zone or in red zone opportunities. He is touchdown dependent, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he's going to be a smash play. You're still going to have to hold your nose and cross your fingers like you do streaming the tight end position, but you may have to. If you have someone like Darren Waller, kind of like I do, and I'm picking up Jack Doyle or Cole Komet, whichever one I can get. But I do kind of like Jack Doyle's upside just a little bit more. They are facing Houston, New England, and Arizona. All right, let's get into our streaming options. Put on our snorkel gear. Let's put on our wetsuits. Hop into that frigid December agua. Quarterbacks. Let's start with this. Tua. Tua Tungavailoa. Hi, I see you. They're doing very well. He is just under 40% rostered, maybe 40 or maybe just a little bit higher. Just around that 40% mark is kind of what I'm saying here. Uh, They're facing the Giants this week, and the Giants have allowed the seventh most points to the quarterback position. And then my favorite, who I am actually starting in one of my leagues over Ryan Tannehill, it is the amazing Taylor Heineke from the Washington football team. He is around 30% rostered, and uh, they're going against Las Vegas. Now, this is interesting because Vegas' defense season-long against quarterbacks isn't terrible, but they've been ninth worst over the last four weeks, and Taylor Heineke has been getting red hot over the last few weeks as well. So I do like Heineke's opportunity in week 13. Now, before we wrap it up here and I send you on your merry way, let's talk about two defenses that I think are excellent streaming options for week 13. We have the Dolphins. They're facing the Giants, as I mentioned, with Tua. The Giants are 16th worst against the opposing defenses and special teams, excuse me. And then the Vikings. They're not really rostered in a lot of places, but you know what? The most important thing here is that they're facing the Lions. I mean, it's the Lions, guys. So pick up the Vikings if you can. I think that is a smash play um, for your defenses. But if the Vikings are already gone, I totally get it. You can go after the Dolphins. I like them as well. So thank you very much, everybody, for joining me again for another Waivers and Streamers episode heading into week 13. This is crazy. It's like we're going to blink and it's going to be the championship weekend It's kind of scary. I don't like that the season is coming to a close here pretty soon for us fantasy players such as you and I. Please go ahead and like this video if you have not done so already. And also make sure, please, to subscribe to us here at Mayo Media Net. So many wonderful content creators. So much great stuff coming out just for you to dominate. Not just in Daily Fantasy. Well, in Daily Fantasy, not just in Redraft. But in Daily Fantasy, we got all sorts of stuff coming out for our network pretty amazing. Also follow us on social media at Mayo Media Net. You can follow me on social media at Stepmom Lauren. And don't forget, sign up for prizepicks.com. Use the promo code MMN and you get your deposit of up to $100 matched. Join in on our 7-Eleven challenge if you'd like. Five over-unders and change your bet amount to $7.11 and good luck in week 13. All right, Peter Overzet here again, like I am every week as we look forward to the following week's main slate. This week, we have the week 13 slate on DraftKings. We are going to run through all of the salaries, give you my first 
look opinions on everything here on the Mayo Media Network. As usual, lots of injury situations, lots change as the week progresses, but it's always helpful to kind of get our bearings on a new slate after what had to have been one of the grossest main slates of the year. I was logging uh, the cash lines in some of my tournaments in my spreadsheet, and it was in fact the lowest cash lines in the single entry spy contest that I play of the entire year, even lower scoring than week one when we know so little. So a wild week we're coming off of. Congratulations to everyone who had a nice week 12. I am personally on to week 13. Need to get a bink here in my life. Let's start to lay the foundation. Um, we do have four teams on by this week. We have the Panthers, the Browns, the Packers, and the Titans. Uh, definitely good news for the Panthers. You know, Christian McCaffrey got banged up again with his ankle. He needs to get healthy. The Browns need to fix themselves. Played a pretty gross game last night. Titans need to get healthy. Maybe, maybe we get A.J. Brown coming back after the bye. We'll have to see. And uh, the Packers as well with Aaron Jones, I think still not a hundred percent. So the buy coming at a nice time for those teams, the, uh, the teams we don't have on the main slate this week, we have Cowboys saints playing on Thursday night. We have the Broncos chiefs playing on Sunday night football. So once again, no chiefs on the main slate and then the Pats and the bills playing on Monday night football. So no bills, no Josh Allen digs this week either. We do have four, 4 PM games right now, which uh, I like to see having some of those late swap options and the early look at the lines for week 13 don't look particularly juicy to me. I'm seeing two games right now projected for uh, a, uh, implied total over 50 points. So that's Bucks, Falcons, and Chargers, Bengals. That Chargers, Bengals one looks pretty juicy to me. And I'm going to just guess uh, right now as I record this on Monday afternoon that that's going to end up being the popular GPP game of the week. And now let's get into it. I will share my screen here with the salaries. As always, we'll start at quarterback. You know, the uh, the dynamic we have here is, you know, some of these rushing quarterbacks at the top, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and I'll even toss Jalen Hurts in there, even though no one is going to want to play Jalen Hurts after what he did yesterday with the three interception game, no passing touchdowns, but we've seen it. I mean, we can just go back to two weeks ago when he had 30 points. He does still have that ceiling. So I think the field will be deciding between those guys and then the pocket passers in good spots. So obviously Brady versus Atlanta, that uh, implied team total for the Bucks, you know, points to them scoring a ton of points. Um, could definitely see things swinging back to Brady's favor after Leonard Fournette hogged most of the Buccaneers touchdowns yesterday. Matt Stafford is going to be in a really good spot at home versus the Jags. And then the quarterbacks in that game that I mentioned is going to be particularly juicy, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. I assume those guys are going to both be fairly popular and project well at 6,700 and 6,300 respectively. The mid-tier um, for quarterback doesn't look too juicy. Um, we do have the Seahawks playing tonight, so maybe the, the Seahawks can get it going. But as of now, Russell Wilson has not been very fun to roster after his, you know, five week absence on injury, you know, hasn't cleared 10 points. So we'll see how he looks tonight. If he balls out tonight, you could definitely see him being a popular option at 6,400. It's pretty gross down here in the low range. Tua has been playing well and now at home versus the Giants, I think could be good. But you just see, even when he's playing well, you know, the fantasy points aren't really coming. So not a lot I'm noticing down here cheap. I'll, I'll toss out to Rod Taylor. 
you know, he uh, he could have had a much bigger day yesterday, but 16 points in that matchup is respectable. You can tell how gross yesterday was when I'm, you know, saying a 16-point outing was respectable, but that truly uh, was how it went down yesterday. So quarterback looking pretty thin this week, guessing similar to last week. It's going to be a pay-up at quarterback week, um, and none of these prices are too outrageous. Let's head over to running back where we do have Jonathan Taylor up at 9,200. Um, even in kind of a poor game script against the Bucks, there, he managed to score 19 points. His salary uh, only comes down $100, but this is a much better matchup here against Houston. And, you know, when I was doing my kind of first pass through all the salaries, I wasn't seeing a ton of value. So it's always kind of, you know, the riddle of how popular a 9,200 Jonathan Taylor will be. We didn't see, you know, players like Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, who had those 9K plus salaries last week, get rostered too frequently just because of how expensive and how much sticker shock people had with those price tags. So I'm not sure right now, you know, where we'll land on how popular Taylor will be at this price, but uh, he's obviously an incredible play each and every week. Austin Eckler has been completely rock solid and consistent. You know, these past two weeks, we saw the spike week in week 11. And then last week uh, against Denver, just a really nice game there where he's still getting these seven to eight targets a game and gives him such a high floor. We saw uh, Joe Mixon pop off, you know, for the Bengals, you know, similar to kind of Leonard Fournette hogging all the touchdowns. You know, Mixon really stole the show for the Bengals. Um, I'm guessing the field will want to chase Mixon here. I, I think I'll probably end up playing it, you know, swinging back to the passing game, but he's going to project well, um, but just a little pricey now at 8,100. Dalvin Cook uh, is, I had the news report here. I can read it to you right now. He tore his labrum while dislocating his shoulder yesterday. Sources say uh, it's not season ending, but he's most likely for sure going to miss time uh, and probably won't play this week. So uh, shout out to DraftKings though, because they are not messing around. They're not giving us a $5,000 Alexander Madison. They knew what was coming and priced him up at 7,600. So we're going to have to pay a uh, full price for Madison, but I think, you know, knowing that the, he'll have that full bell cow role at 7,600, um, he's still going to project well and be a popular option. I'm guessing the field is going to be very excited to play Leonard Fournette and Cordero Patterson coming off of their big games. They are going to probably look like better points per dollar plays than the Eckler Mixon Najee tier. So that'll be interesting to see if people kind of go mid tier running back. We'll have to see uh, on DeAndre Swift. He left that game uh, early with a shoulder sprain and uh, not quite sure if he's going to be good to go or not. Um, Darrell Henderson, uh, he was solid yesterday. His price just always seems to, to stay here. I mean, getting 15 to 16 carries a game, four targets, that's definitely doable at 6,100 and at home versus the Jags is going to be a pretty juicy spot for him. Uh, Saquon's kind of a riddle right now. You know, his workload is just kind of in check. You know, he's kind of getting the Devonta Booker workload, which, you know, it's hard to get excited about 13 carries, five targets. It's fine but he doesn't really have the break the slate, you know, uh, appeal at that kind of usage. So hopefully he's still just getting, you know, worked back in, getting more comfortable. And also hopefully it was just a product of that kind of ugly game environment there versus the Eagles. Um, 
Eli Mitchell looks awesome. You know, there were, you know, concerns that his hand was going to be all wrapped up, that he wasn't going to be able to catch passes. He has six targets here and absolutely explodes for 133 yards. So Eli Mitchell proving that uh, the 49ers absolutely love him and uh, that he's more than capable of producing with a large, you know, workload. So like uh, Eli Mitchell there a lot, we're going to have to see if Chase Edmonds is back this week or not. If not, James Conner is going to be pretty popular at 5,900. And, um, you know, we now have kind of the committee backs down in this range. And this has actually been a range I've been gravitating to in GPPs. Both the, you know, Broncos running backs, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon have been projecting well. Um, Miles Sanders, his he stays cheap here. Um, he was actually looking really good uh, before he got injured in the second half of that game, the nine rush attempts for 64 yards, a nice, you know, seven yards of carry there. So um, we'll have to keep tabs on him. The Seattle uh, running back room is really thinned out. Uh, tonight, we don't have Rashad Penny or Travis Homer playing. So it's basically Alex Collins and DJ Dallas. We'll have to see how Alex Collins looks tonight, but he might be too cheap at 5,100. But yeah, not seeing a ton down here. I guess one other guy I should definitely mention is David Montgomery at 5,600. He disappointed people on Thanksgiving, but his workload's still really good. You know, that 17 carries, three targets. You could uh, definitely do worse at 5,600 than David Montgomery. So some decent options here at running back. Um, I think, you know, from reviewing all the positions, definitely seems the deepest and the most options for us as far as week 13 is concerned. Um, let's head over to wide receiver now. Uh, Cooper Cup's price has come down from 9,600 to 9,000. That's slightly more palatable. Uh, we did see Odell Beckham get involved yesterday, and he is now running, you know, 100% of the snaps alongside Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup. So I'll be curious to see if uh, if people are a little scared off of of Cooper Cup in this spot. You know, expensive Odell coming on, but you know, it's really hard to find anything bad to say about Cooper Cup. Debo Samuel's another guy. Who who obviously has been playing incredibly well, but we are going to have to watch his injury situation. Um, he is going to have an MRI on his groin today. I'm just pulling up the report now, and he is expected to miss a little bit of time. So I doubt we're going to have Debo Samuel, which is going to make Brandon Ayuk at 5,600 a very, very popular play. And maybe people are willing to go back to George Kittle as well, although we'll talk about tight ends in a second. Um, definitely have some nice names up at the top end, although no digs, no Tyreek Hill, you know, no Devontae Adams, but we do have Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Adam Thielen. I mentioned that Chargers Bengals game. I think Allen, Chase, T. Higgins, those guys are going to all be solid and popular plays. Um, the Bucks wide receivers, you know, are always going to project well at these price tags. Chris Godwin burned a lot of people, but at 6,700 and 6,600, they're going to be very popular. We'll have to see what the Seahawks do tonight. You know, Metcalf here at 6,700, Lockett at 6,500. If Seattle finally regains their form, these price tags are going to look a little cheap as well. Waddle has been absolutely on fire. His price tag now has come up. You know, he was down here 55, 56, 5,900. Now he's 6,400. He has been absolutely lighting things on fire and now gets another good matchup against the Giants. Um, definitely 
think I'll be living in this range for tournaments. Uh, Mike Williams continues to disappoint, but this is going to be a good bounce back spot for him. Michael Pittman kind of burned his chalk. T. Higgins coming off a big game. Cooks found the end zone. Claypool uh, showing big play ability, although Big Ben looks pretty awful right now. But this just kind of sweet spot right in here um, from 5,700 to 6,100. Uh, looks pretty good for tournaments just uh, right now at first blush. And wow, it is kind of surprising to see DeAndre Hopkins all the way down here at 6,200. I mean, this is the cheapest he has been all year. I uh, haven't seen DeAndre Hopkins under 7,000 in a long time. So we'll have to see if he finally is back this week. Um, this is one of those situations where it's kind of just hard to know how to handle that at this point in the week. Uh, it's the same story every week, trying to find value on this slate for wide receivers. It is just really, really hard. DraftKings has done such a good job with the pricing. I mean, last week we had Visca at 4,400. We had MBS at 4,100. Maybe you took a stab on like a Zach Pascal or a T.Y. Hilton sub 4K, but there just has not been a lot of options underneath 4K uh, this year. So you really have to get creative if you want to do a punt wide receiver. Um, you know, maybe uh, an Olamide Zacchaeus here with kind of all of the open target availability in the Falcons offense, something like that. You know, Deshaun Jackson scored a touchdown. Um, we know he has that big play ability, but you can see down here, there is not a lot going on in this sub 4K range. Let me see if there's any plays for you I like in the 4K range. Um, Rondell Moore was coming off of uh, an 11 target game last week. Again, we'll have to see what the deal is with Chase Edmonds, with DeAndre Hopkins, but Rondell Moore uh, will probably look pretty decent at 4,700. Uh, Crowder, uh, maybe if Zach Wilson can get things going, but he only had one target and kind of burned people last week. So again, I'm telling you, we're looking at these names and it is it is really gross. It is really thin. I have not been doing a lot of punt wide receivers uh, this year, and it looks like that will continue in week 13. Tight end is interesting because it was kind of a disaster week for the more expensive tight ends uh, in week 12. I mean, all of these guys kind of burning people. Waller got hurt and left the game early, but he only had 5.3 points. Uh, Mark Andrews, I guess, was serviceable last night. He did score that touchdown, so maybe he ends up being the most popular of these options. Kittle burned everyone, myself included. I mean, two targets, one reception. I thought it was such a good spot versus the the Vikings for him. So we'll see if people are are burned on him. Also feeling burned on Kyle Pitts, 4.6 points. So my just inclination is the field has kind of had enough with these expensive tight ends. And I bet a lot of these guys go overlooked. And tight end is pretty loaded. Gronk coming off a good game. Hawkinson coming off a good game. You know, Gesicki and Goddard are always good bets. Fryermuth sucked out with a touchdown and has played well. We got Logan Thomas coming back tonight. So tight end gives you a ton of options, and this is pretty good for tournaments because a couple of these guys are going to come in incredibly low-owned, and my guess is it's the Pitts, it's the Kittle, um, it's the Wallers that people don't want to pay up for and get burned. I, uh, I couldn't find a really good cheap tight end for this week as a punt play, at least right now in the week. Uh, Cole Komet at 3,600 looked fine. He was a little bit more involved on Thanksgiving. He did score um, or didn't score, but had those 11 targets. So nice to see his role growing. I'm guessing he's going to project 
pretty well here at 3,600. Evan Ingram, you know, without Sterling Shepard, without Kadarius Tony, he did see the six targets, but Evan Ingram just uh, has put together a career of underwhelming. So I don't know uh, if there's much there. And uh, yeah, haven't seen a, a punt play really jump out right now. I did see some people play Ryan Griffin in uh, in week 12. He did have four targets. So maybe Ryan Griffin is your punt du jour here at 2600. We will wrap up by taking a quick peek at defense. Uh, thankfully, we don't have a situation like last week where two of the best defensive plays, even just from a pure projection standpoint, were the cheapest. You know, everyone played the Texans. I was seeing them up to 40, 50% in small fields. So nice to see uh, that we don't have a situation like that shaping up this week. I'm going to guess that, you know, people will be um, content using the Lions at home versus Kirk Cousins. Um, I think people will probably be content to use the Jets at home versus Hertz coming off of three turnovers. Um, Seattle at home versus Jimmy Garoppolo. So there's some cheap options down here. The Raiders at home versus Heineke. I think that will look good. And then up here on the high end, of course, the Rams at home uh, versus the Jags is going to project very, very well. So uh, looking good at defense here. Always hard to give out defensive takes here on a Monday afternoon. I appreciate you guys uh, watching with us, getting primed for the week as this is the ultimate forward thinking show here on the Mayo Media Network. As the week project, uh, progresses, we'll have our projections up over at Run the Sims. If you guys have not checked that out yet, it is the ultimate tool, the ultimate companion for seeing what the math says is the best plays on the slate. I love comparing uh, projected ownership versus the Sim results for both showdown and main slate. Uh, it's how I got on Cordero Patterson on Sunday. He was the number one most frequented player in our 10,000 Sims on Run the Sims. So you can sign up over there, get 10% off with promo code Pete. It will also get you access to a Run the Sims channel in my Discord, the Deposit Kingdom Discord. So if you have questions about that, feel free to hit me up on Twitter or in Discord. Would love to get you in there. And uh, Pat can also answer any of your questions about Run the Sims as well. Hope you guys all have a wonderful week. Good luck in week 13. Let's win those GPPs. Yeah!